Do you know why, church? Do you know why, church? Because he loves you. He died on the cross for you. When you were cursing his name. When you were out getting drunk. When you were sleeping around. He wept for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give God some praise, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, I feel God's going to do something tonight. Will you let him? Will you let him, church? Today is your independence day. Will you get a new citizenship from this world full of corruption into a kingdom full of his marvellous light? Hallelujah. Jesus. Lord God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for uh, giving me a burden for this message, Lord. Your servant is begging you that you fill me with the right words, Lord, to speak to your people, oh God. Lord, I want to thank the ministry here, the people who faithfully serve you, Lord God. Lord, through the good times, Lord, through the bad times, Lord, when they feel like it and Lord, when they don't, Lord. Their sacrifice is a sacrifice of praise because they love you and they want to see your kingdom increase. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, Hallelujah. I hope you're not expecting a same old church service tonight. Hallelujah. I don't know if you noticed, but your brother's pretty fired up right now. Your brother's feeling a bit emotional right now. So I ask for your grace and your mercy to bear with your brother and just hear what the Lord has to say. To go to, hallelujah, John. I believe it's chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he says in chapter 4, verse 4, I believe it is, he must go through Samaria. Now, I don't know if anyone of you guys know that, but it's pretty deep. And my message tonight is, put it up. Hallelujah. Our story begins when you may be seated. I'm going to be reading from that chapter, so if you want to refer to it, just leave it open. I'm not going anywhere, it's a simple message. But our story begins when Jesus and his disciples were leaving Judea. And they were headed towards Galilee. Wow, look at that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I think some of you might be knowing what I'm talking about, what I'm preaching about. So if you do, you'll back me up for that person who doesn't know. Someone who doesn't know the reverence to that well-being there. In a dry place. In the desert. Hallelujah. Anyway, so these guys were off 
Jesus and his disciples, they were off to uh, Galilee, Gal- Galilee and um, they were on their way and um, they came to a fork in the road. And that fork in the road was either you go the long way around to Galilee or you go straight through Samaria. Samaria, Samaria, whatever you some tomato, tomato, whatever. But it's a place where if you were a Jew, you do not go there. You know why a Jew would not walk through Samaria? Let me just break it down. Samaria we, we, uh, is a symbolization of a physical form of people that lost their way spiritually. They are people that are in church and out of the church at the same time. They believe in God, but they are also in the world. You might hear them, you might be at a party, you might be having a few Bundaberg rums, and they might even talk about Jesus. You may be in a relationship with someone in Samaria. Because Sumerian people, they had a mixed belief of heritage and understanding of the word of God. They were not pure enough to, to be, say, one of those holy rollers where they come to church and everyone knows that brother or sister so-and-so is walking straight. She talks the talk, he walks the walk. These are the people that come to church every so often. You see them here, here and there, but not all the time. In fact, these people are probably people more likely to go to a church that more caters to their lifestyle. Because if they were actually going to the temple of the Lord, if they were actually going to a real church, they would be confronted with their sin and compromising lifestyle. But my question is, they stuck. They in their own belief system, a lot of these people think that they are living right by God. Who are you to judge me? Don't judge me. Oh, we're married in our heart. Yeah, I love her, but I haven't proposed to her yet. And I'm missing a whole lot of preaching. Hallelujah. It's my first time using a computer here. So I had compromising beliefs. So the Samaritans would be influenced by outside uh, philosophies and you know, worldly philosophies and, and stuff like that. And they had a little bit of Jewish thing. And it's sort of confusing them. Right? So, you've heard the scripture to be in the world but not of the world. Well, the Jews back in those days were like extra hardcore in studying that. They said, all right, we need to be so apart 
that we cannot mix at all with the sinners, the backsliders, the guys that are lost, maybe haven't found true Christianity yet. So you have a city full of people who are lost, who do not know the truth. Because men of God are too holy, too righteous to mix with them. Now God's saying, you know, I don't want you to compromise with them when you mix with them. I need you to be there so you, they will hear the word of the Lord and give them an opportunity to change their life. If you don't speak, who's going to hear? Hallelujah. You are a live and breathing, breathing epistle of the God. Of God. You know, if you don't walk the walk, if you don't talk to talk, if you're not being, being the word of God to those who are not reading the word of God, what hope does mankind have? The reason why the world's going down the tube so fast and so quick is too many of us are not passing through Samaria. We've hung up our boots. Maybe we're working too much. So John 4 verse 3 says, and he left Judea and he departed unto Galilee. And, for, and, and chapter 4, verse 4. And he says, I need to go to Samaria. And I love how he said that. I need to go. I need to go. I don't know if he said it like that. But Pastor Nathan, I just imagine that they were walking along and the boys there, they're walking along and, and the, the disciples, they were just going this way. You know, because it's just automatic. And they turn around and go, hey, 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 boss, where are you going? Hey, Jesus, what? And he goes, I need to go to Samaria. He goes, he goes, you go ahead. You go grab a lunch. Because what I've got to do over here, it's beyond your payroll. You know what I've got to do. And you go ahead. I've got, I've got an appointment with someone. I've got an appointment. expense. So Jesus goes to Samaria. The reason why is Jesus wants true relationships. There's a lot of hurting people looking for relationships, guys. A lot of hurting people looking for true relationships. Now hear me now, I know some of you might be a place in, in Samaria where you think no one can be bothered with your mess up right now. You think, oh, I've gone too far, I'm, I've gone, I'm, da, 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 I'm out. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus loves you and he sent this bald head, red head preacher to tell you that he's come for you and he's waiting for you. So instead of walking around, he's walking to a place where you may be. Mm. I know it's not deep, but I know it's good. Others may want to walk around you. 
I know some people that I'm ministering to that are so messed up, so cut up that they can turn you on you at a blink of an eye and then be your best friend the next day. They are tough people to work with. But you know what? Jesus loves it. And though they may strike me on my left side of the cheek, I'll give him my right side. Because that person needs to know that Jesus loves them. And he gave me a heart, God's heart, to stand in the gap and intercede for that soul. Some people are in a city of bondage that they can't escape. The indoctrination of their beliefs are so strong that they need someone to wait for them and sit down and tell them what God can do. God doesn't care about church protocol. He can cut loose right now. He can cut loose and deliver you from whatever you're going through. And he's not after the religious elite. He's came to seek and save the lost. So if you've got a need, if you feel sick inside, if you banged up with depression, guess what, my friend? Jesus is waiting for you. Hey, man, he ate with the publicans and the sinners. Jesus also let things happen that you would think extreme. So people nowadays would think he's an extremist. Let me give you an example. Barnabas, blind man, he's crying out. What a man. I wish I could do that because there's so many young men today who won't cry out. Even with their suicidal thoughts, even when they banged up with rage inside them, they won't cry out. They can't can't see because they're so blind. But I'm so thankful for Barnabas, or however you pronounce his name, because I'm a redneck Australian, that he cried out to the Lord. And you know what? Jesus never said for him to stop crying out. Church, if you've got a need, you've got to cry out. You don't stop crying out. I mean, we white fellas have got to say, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You want some oil tonight? You start crying out. He never told him. To be quiet. But what about the guys who took the palings off the roof? That's vandalism. No, my friends. They were pulling out a house. But they were building a dwelling place for the Lord. In that person that needed healing. He's not worried about physical things. Tear this place down as long as he makes you whole. He's not worried about if it rains with the next cyclone and you get a bit wet, what matters is you are saved and made whole. Jesus doesn't want you to be quiet. What about the woman who had to push through a crowd? What a mighty, what a mighty woman. It's too easy just to give up and not press in. So many of us come to church and our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and you're wondering if God's hearing me or not, but let me tell you something, my friends. You keep pressing in. You keep pressing in. You've got to get through whatever. 
my God. The Bible says virtue left. He felt it. You know why? Because of honesty, of purity of heart. Not what happened, not how dirty you are on the inside. But you go, Lord, if you just tell me, I'm going to press through around this crowd and what's going on in my life. All the noises, the issues that are blocking me, the speed bumps. I don't care if my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. I must touch the hem of your garment. I need someone to know that others may be holding on to your past, but you don't have to. I said this to a brother the other day, you are not where you were 10 years ago. You are not your reputation back there. When you left that place, you came to a new place. You do not, you get yourself a new reputation. If Jesus can make himself no reputation to sacrifice himself for our sins, what right do you have to hold on to your reputation? Especially if it's a bad one. Give it up. You don't need that reputation. You need to be born again. Your preacher is... Exhausted right now. Because the heartbeat inside me is so strong that this little body cannot handle it. Hallelujah. I need someone in this room to know that he desires you to have a place where you encounter a real relationship true religion and come in to the knowledge of Christ you may think to you, you don't know what I've done Jace. I've done this I've done that don't tell me I don't need to know as far as I'm concerned God's in the now Capadium Capadium now's the day today's the day of your salvation amen so in John chapter Four verse five. Jesus comes, it cometh, he cometh into the city of Samaria, called Sychar, near a parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And guys, I don't have time tonight to break that line down, but there's a whole heap of preaching right there. There's a whole heap of preaching right there. And I get and let someone else preach on that because I don't have time. He had a purpose and it wasn't an accident. From the very start, he had the foundation to go through and go there because he had a rev- he needed someone to have a revelation. He could have chose anywhere else, but he chose to sat by the well. John verse 4, chapter 8, talks about the the disciples go and get food. Now, it doesn't take 12 disciples to get food. I'm a tradesman. We get the apprentice. We give him a list. He goes off to the shops. He buys us lunch. He comes back. You don't need 12 apprentices. 
You just send the one guy, time is money. But he sends them all. Why? Because it has to be personal. A lot of people need that personal experience with God. You may be in a place where God has to meet you somewhere on your own to have that serious talk with you. So now cometh the woman, right? To come and draw water. And she says, Jesus says to her, Can I get something to drink? Can you put that one up for me? He says, Can you? Cometh to the water, verse 7, cometh to Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me something to drink. Alright. Now we've got a little bit of a situation here because he's a Jew. And she's a filthy Samaritan. So she gets cute with him. She says, You know, um, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. What's going on, man? So I have this talk. And basically, Jesus says, Listen, lady. I know your number. I know that you've had five husbands. But he says that because in God's eyes, if you sleep with a woman or a man, that's marriage. Right? Not how the world thinks. This is how God thinks. So she's at least slept with five men. And the guy that she's with now is not actually her husband. And so she gets like found out. Whoa, okay. Now, give her the benefit of doubt, maybe some of them died and maybe she thought this was the one and didn't work out. Things happen, you know. Especially in Samaria, you know. There's different types of doctrine going around. And, you know, it's okay to try before you buy I'm being real, I'm being sharp right now. Because we're living in a Samaritan world and we must cut through it. Amen. Either way, this Samaritan lady, she had pain. She's gone through suffering. If anyone, if, I don't know about you guys, but anyone that had multiple relationships, you get some baggage along the way. You get something, you get some hang-ups. Some people call them soul ties. And then you go from one relationship to the next and you keep bringing it and, and taking it into the next relationship. Amen. So God wanted to deliver because she was looking for love in all the wrong places. And that's Samaria. We go looking for answers. We will... We are, it's like the, a song was sung by a, a, a band I used to listen to and the song goes like this. There's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by you. Now this song was talking about a woman. But I've got a newsflash. There's no woman in the world that can fill that hole in your heart. God's got to make the Adam before he brings the Eve. And Eve 
there ain't no Adam unless he's made first. So I don't know what you think about today's society, but you've got to let God bring your Adam and your Eve. Am I alone in this? It's gone awfully quiet. <laughs> Maybe I'm preaching to the choir, and I hope that's so. Amen. Also, what was God doing? He was cutting through the church-like culture. He was getting straight to the bone and marrow, the root of the problem. I love you, sis. I know that you had multiple partners. I love you. But if you knew who was sitting next to you, you wouldn't be looking for love in all the wrong places. You drink from this cup once, and you have enough overflowing abundance of, of my spirit that you won't be able to help but share it with others, my sister. Amen. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus positioned himself to wait on that somebody. He said, boys, you go ahead. I'll sit here. I've got to meet someone. I've got an appointment. And I'm so glad that Jesus waited on me. I'm so glad he waited on me. I'm so glad he waited through my rebellion. I'm so glad he waited on my sin. When I was messed up in my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He waited on me. I didn't deserve it, but he did. Amen. All my failures, church. He waited for me. And he's waiting for you. It doesn't matter your shortcomings. He's waiting for you. There is nothing that can take you by surprise. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. I know we act up sometimes. I'm 20 years old in the Lord and when I pray at night, I get a check in my spirit on something that I did. And, you know, oh, oh. But a humble, and a, crutch, a humble and contrite heart, the Lord doth seek it. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad he's waiting on me. Are you glad he's waiting on you, church? He didn't come to, de- to condemn her, although he knew what she was up to. He came to basically say, I know you're Samaritan, but God's waiting on you. I know you think you're too dirty. I know you think that you messed up so far that you can't go into church. You're thinking that you've got to get yourself right first. If I just fix up this, I'll dump me, I'll, I'll clean myself, I'll give up this habit, then I'll go into church. No, my friend. You go to God and God makes you whole. Amen. Because Jesus said this, right? John uh, 4 verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me drink. Now the first thing I want to point out is that he wants you at a point where you're searching for water. You've got to get thirsty. How much do you want your change? How much do you want it? 
This lady came at a particular hour that she wouldn't be noticed as much. I mean, she's got a reputation, guys. So she came in the heat of the day when it was most hot, when most, when most of the people would be indoors having maybe a cat nap. She's out there, she goes out, sees Jesus, hot sun blaring, he's a Jew, she's going, what's going on here? He's saying, I know all about you, sis, give me something to drink. And she's just going, okay, well, I'm, I've got this. And he's going, sister, if you only knew what I have, you wouldn't be seeking anymore. You'll, you'll drink of me, that'll be it. Amen. She wasn't expecting to receive anything. And that's the issue with some church folk today. Ooh, it's a Wednesday night. It's a Sunday night. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen because I'm going to get something to drink. But what are you really trying? What are you, are you just going to get a little bit of feel good thing for the night and then go home and be thirsty again? No, guys, you've got to dig deep. You've got to tap into the well of living water, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I need to tell someone that Jesus puts broken lives together. Amen, amen, amen. You don't have to fix yourself up. You just have to be thirsty, my friends. You just have to go, need a... What do I have to say to get you thirsty? Amen. He knows, he knows you're going through pain. He, is, he showed up. He showed up waiting for you. Amen. John 4, John 4 verse 7. Yeah, we read that. All right, John 4, 4 verse 8. Now his disciples went away. We read that. All right, 9. He said the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is that being a Jew that asks me a drink? And, and the woman of Samaria, see, he's, she, she's getting cheeky with him. She's getting cheeky. Because here we've got an individual who believed that who she was excluded herself or exempted herself with the encounter with God. I repeated myself, but it's, it's, we see it so many times. Even I get like that. I'm stupid. God, you can't use me. I started exempting myself. What about young Moses? Young Moses! Jesus said, God says, settle down, Moses. I'm gonna live, I'm gonna use you to deliver millions of people. Amen. We just gotta get over our own drought. We just have to find a well. We just have to make sure that when we put our little bucket in, we go dig deep. Amen. Amen, amen. Because we find a tension. We find tension between what we are designed to be, what God desires us to be, and where we are. And we get stuck and we can't see one way or the other. You know, if you go to Jason 20 years ago, 22 years, he wasn't wearing a tie. He was a pothead. 
He had anger issues. He had trust issues. Amen. But I can tell you now that Brother Jason's got his plan firmly planted on the rock of the Lord. Amen. And he shall not be moved. Amen. Even if the gates of hell come against me. Amen. The church shall prosper because I'm in the church and you are the vine, the branches of the living God. Amen. Amen. We are at war with ourselves. It's not with God. It's not even about philosophies out there. It's our own mindsets. We just have to be teachable, ladies and gentlemen. We just got to let go of ourselves. You know, you've got to become like a sponge. You've got to think that you're an expert, that you know everything. You know so much Bible. You've been taught this. You've been taught that. Well, that's not what my parents taught me. You need to let God set you down and tell you, son, hey, listen up, daughter. I know you're messed up. You've been looking in all the wrong places. But let me give you the facts. You need to change your life. You need to seek after me. You need to get the water that I have from you. Amen. And you need to be teachable so I can teach you. Because once you drink, once I teach you how to drink from me, you'll never thirst again. And Jesus said that in verse 10. He said, If thou knowest the gift of God, who said it to you, give me a drink, thou wouldest ask him, uh, uh, and he would give unto the living water. Amen. I'm getting worked up. Settle down. Amen. She could have made up all her excuses. She could have said anything. You don't know me. Well, you did. Amen. Doesn't matter where you come from. It's just a matter where you're going. I'm sure there's some people in Samaria, but he doesn't want you to pitch a tent there. He doesn't want you to build, get real estate and live there. He doesn't want you to go to some church and have some motivational preaching so you feel good and then carry on your life how you always did and forfeit your salvation. Buying your house and mansion on earth, but forfeiting your mansion in heaven. He's getting real with you today. Amen. And I don't want you to believe the lie of the enemy. Saying that you can't make it, that you can't do it. Amen. Because Acts 17 says, verse 28, that for in him we live and we move and we have our being. As, cer- as certain also, you- I'm having trouble reading ch- tonight, church. Read it out to me. No, it's not up there. There we go. Can you read it out? For in him, what? We live. Yeah? And move. Yeah? And Woo! We're a new creature. We're a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all the things are made new. Amen. For was what? For a certain, for a certain also of your own parts have said, for we are also his offspring. You're a child of God. 
Stop acting like it! Stop acting like it! What are you doing in Samaria? You don't need to be there. You're a child of the living God. Amen. 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 He comes and he's going to make you... I'm I'm finishing up. Musicians come. Amen. His sole purpose was to give you salvation and restoration. Amen. John 4, verse 28. You see a rope there, yeah? You see a rope? Well... This woman had such a touch from God that she left. Who? What do you call her, sister? Your, the water pot. That's something major. I don't know. Someone can preach on that. What experience would someone have where they drop what they're doing and they go running? Amen. She left the water pot. She went on her way into the city. And she said unto the men, Come. I can tell you now, church. Once you encounter Jesus, you're going to go running. You're going to go running. And your face is going to be glowing. And you're going to say to all your friends and family, Come, come see a man who told me the things that I ever did. Don't play possum. Come to church. I'll show you someone who knows what's going on inside your very heart of hearts. And they went out in the city. <laughs> Who of us are going out? Shane. Shane. <coughs> Who of us are going out? <laughs> Yeah, you need any of those tools. 
Jesus said to some people, just go with the clothes on your back, two by two. I know I'm heavy. That's what the Lord does. He gets your priorities straight. He tries the reins. Make sure your intentions are pure, you know. So she ran out, this woman. This woman that's had multiple partners. She said, come see. So she went out there. And many Samaritans came back in verse 39. And they believed on him because of the saying of the woman. Do you remember when you were new in the Lord? Oh, this is cut. You are such a soul winner. You know why you were a soul winner? Because you ran out and said, come see. And they could see. Because they could see by your behaviour, by your character, but the way you, the way you presented yourself. There's something different. This is not the same person that I knew the other week. I'll come to church with you, my brother. Before me, it was a sister. I'll come to church with you, my sister, even though I think you are a bunch of Fruit Loops. I was an atheist. But I went to church because I saw a woman change. And I believed what happened to her. I believe that she changed. But I didn't know by what. How you got to explain to an atheist that God changed your life? I tell you how you do it. You give God praise. You live your days like there's no tomorrow. And with every breath you give God praise and thanksgiving. So Brother Jason goes to church with a bunch of city folks from Samaria. Brother Jason, a few men, I'm making a personal note, personal now, so you can see with your own eyes. Brother Jason finds himself out of well. I don't even have a bucket. Some guys laid hands on me. And guess what happened? He was waiting. He was 